0: Well, it's a cloudy Thursday here at downtown Starkville. It's going to be a cloudy and wet Starkville in Tuscaloosa this weekend, too. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. We are getting set here on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig for Mississippi State, a three-game SEC series at Alabama, four series of the year for both of these two teams. We are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Agents in all 82 counties, if you got insurance needs, call your friends at Farm Bureau. Getting word, tonight's ball game be played at 5 o'clock. That's on Thursday, 6 o'clock on Friday, 5 o'clock again on Saturday. But check local listings. There is rain in the forecast. Bart, six of the last 12 times Mississippi State and Alabama have gotten together. They've had to play a doubleheader. Could this be 7-13?
1: Well, I remember one that we played way into the night, and that was the day that uh, you were out of town and Anthony Craven did a game with me. We did a doubleheader, and w- Alabama dropped a pop-up, and we ended up playing until like 1.30 in the morning. That was a few years ago. That was probably, what, 2018, somewhere in there. That may have been the old ballpark. That may have been like 16. Somewhere in there. But, yeah. Hey, it used to be a great series. You think back to the late 1990s when we were really good. Alabama was really good as well. You think at the 97, they were the number one overall national seed. We went over there. Jim Wells, longtime head coach. I thought about uh, coming at the, to the office today about R- Roberto Vaz. You know, his son played at Vanderbilt. And they just had so many great players over there in the late 1990s. They had the headbanger. They would play that, the, that song, the, the Cotton Eye Joe, and he would bang his head up against the the metal. Did you ever go over there and see that?
0: I'm proud to say that I'm not familiar with this routine. It was, a, it was a spectacle. It was a complete spectacle. Well, if I'm going to start talking about great Alabama baseball teams, I'm going to have to, or players at least. I've got to go back earlier, 1983. Dave Magadan. Yep. Dave Magadan, Alabama, beat Mississippi State here in Starkville. Won the SEC, the SEC tournament in 1983. Magadan, I remember had the ball game. He went two for four and his batting average went down. It's like Dylan Cruz this year. A guy that goes two for four and feels bad about it. (laughs) So, hey, Bart, you look at these two teams. um, Offensively, I don't know that we're very different. We run a little bit more than they do. They may hit for average a little better. We hit... Not more home runs. We hit more doubles. We got more gap power than they have. But statistically speaking, these two teams pretty similar in terms of overall production. How you get there, how do you construct the roster is a little bit different. But I don't think offensively they're – yeah, I mean, they're all
1: right. Well, in SEC play, we've hit 14 home runs. They've hit 11 home runs. We're batting 291. Hey, we're third best in the SEC in SEC-only games in batting average. At two ninety one. Well that's
0: helped by the fact that we put up twenty something runs in one game, right?
1: It is. I mean, things are skewed still early in the season. We've only played nine games, but when you look at pitching and ERA, Alabama has pitched it better. They're three and six overall coming into this game in league play. Their ERA
0: (laughs) and pace. Their ERA is we can tag that on every (laughs) series from here on out. They're four point seven one in league ERA. Hey, brief aside, i got to stop you one second. You know who hasn't pitched it well this year? Arkansas. Auburn. That's true. Auburn, for all the talk, and look, you know, you and I are both obviously Butch Thompson fans, but opponents are hitting, what, like 280-something against them? Well, in SEC games against Auburn,
1: teams are batting 320 against them. They're batting 327 against us. Our ERA, by the way, is 12.46. It came down last weekend. Twelve point four six in league games through nine league games.
0: Overall numbers, Auburn's opponents are hitting two eighty one against them. By comparison, we're at two fifty five. Now the difference is walks. We yeah.
1: We have a few more walks. So let's look at the overalls from a walk standpoint. Right now we have walked hundred and eighty batters. Auburn has walked hundred and twenty seven. Tennessee as a team has walked sixty nine batters this year. That's it. South Carolina has walked 81. And so there's 99 walks difference in us and the second-place team of the league.
0: Think about that. I'd like not to think about that. <laughs> now that you bring it up. Uh, but I, I got a soft topic there. But, but the reason I did is a lot of times, look, you can't question Butch Thompson as a pitching coach. Sometimes things just don't line up like they need to. But right now we are looking up in the standings. We are looking to catch Georgia, whose team ERA is six point four five. And even Georgia has walked thirty four fewer people than have we. So isn't that really isn't that going to be the story kind of going into this weekend is do we make Alabama hit it?
1: Yeah. And you know, like you said, Charlie, they're they're not a great offensive team. Sometimes you wonder about that ballpark, and you always talk about wind and how ballparks are situated early in the season.
0: Yeah, because this one lines up differently than pretty much anybody. Yeah,
1: completely different than ours. Because what happens early in the season, our field faces northeast, which most big
0: league ballparks do. Right, so the big league ballpark, by preference of the rule, this is different than what is on the ground the rule expresses a preference that the home plate line goes across the pitching mound, across second base, okay? So, the line dead out the center should be mostly east and a tick to the north. Right. So, it should be east-northeast. East-northeast. Which... Now, most of them turn a little more north, I think, or at least some.
1: Yeah, we're we're dead northeast. Alabama's ballpark
0: is south, southeast.
1: dead south. And so these north winds that you get early in the season that knock balls down, hitting out the left here, are pushing out. And so Alabama always has a lot of home runs in non-conference play early on. So that makes left field the sun field there? It does. It does. It's unusual. It is. A little bit unusual, like everything else over there. Yeah,
0: so it is south and just a tick to the east from there. But I was looking at the wind for the weekend. Hey, this used to be your thing, and I feel like I'm jumping on you here, Bart. You are, but I haven't looked it up yet. All right, so here's what you've got. Out to center field, game one, at about eight miles an hour. Out to center field, 10 miles an hour in game two. And then on Saturday, the third game of the series, is going to be out to right at 11. But there is nothing blowing in this weekend.
1: Nothing blowing in, and so we're going to change up our pitching and we'll talk about that in our pitching matchups in just a moment. Alabama coming in at 22-8, and 3-6 and
0: six in the SEC. Somebody got exposed, and that's Alabama. I mean, they were sitting here with this two-loss team coming into SEC play, and everybody wanted to make them a top-15 team.
1: Well, Brad handed. he just, like I said, he, he he took the page of Kentucky of yesteryear where you just load up on a bunch of nobodies early on. Their non-conference play has not been good. I mean, they lost two games to Columbia. They played High Point, Illinois, Chicago, who, by the way, like last week, hadn't won a game yet. Played Richmond early in the season. Those are their three-game series. Don't disrespect the Spiders. Well, and then they went on the road. They lost two out of three against Florida in the opening weekend of SEC play. Then they lost two out of three at home against Kentucky. And then last weekend, they won the first game at Arkansas. Big. Big. And then dropped the next two. And so that's kind of where they come in right now at uh, twenty-two and eight. Brad Bohannon now in his sixth year at Alabama. It's hard to believe it's now year six for Bohannon. He's gone to the SEC to the NCAA tournament one time. Uno. And um, whenever you um, and I know we can't do a whole lot of talking right now, but only to the SEC tournament two times in the previous five seasons. So uh, this is probably a. A big year for Brad
0: Bohannon, you would think. it's so it's time to put up or shut up for him. Well, and Brad... Did you see him leave the field this past weekend? I,
1: I, saw, that, I saw that, and I, a lot of people like that. He left the field at Arkansas. He got tossed out, and he started calling the hogs as he was kind of mocking them a little bit. And You know, Brad is... He's a little too old for that, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, he had some, some things to say about Startwell a couple of years ago. It's just... It's not like it's... Um, I don't know. He, it's just like he hadn't figured out how to be invited to the big boy table yet. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, I can see that. Although, like I said. We're, He's still
1: eating at the kid's table. Well, they still
0: hadn't. Here this year, we may still be outside. You know, hose <laughs> off. Leave your shoes outside. Don't come in. <laughs> we're, we're the ones are giving the tickets out for parking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well. eat out in the carport. Um, no, I, but I, I think this is a big series for Alabama. It's a big series for us. Obviously, we got to get up off the mat. We showed signs of it last week, but Alabama sitting here at three and six. You talk about where Bohannon is. If we go over and get swept, I mean, forget getting off the mat. I mean, it's uh, oh yeah, you it's, got a full blown mess. Alabama, meanwhile, could even up their record doing something like that. If on the other hand, we go over. And sweep Alabama. And I realize sweeps aren't terribly likely, though we see more of them. But let's just say the, the normal series holds for Alabama. Let's say we take two out of three. Then we got a little bit of life coming in against a team who, though your rival isn't very good, should get back home next week. Alabama all of a sudden goes all of a sudden. Still working on that. Alabama goes four and eight. What's... Well, uh, Tough spot for a team that expected a lot more. Yeah, there, there are two games
1: above us right now in league play, and I know I'm looking for positives right here, but if I'm Brad Bohannon and I'm Chris Lamonas and I look at the schedule right now, I'm not look, liking where I am, and that's obvious, but I think over the next three weekends, you have a chance with what's in front of you to turn things around a little bit. If you're looking for Alabama, they've got us this weekend. And, of course, you know what they're thinking with us coming in at 1-8. and This is a weekend that we should win. Then they've got Auburn next weekend, and then they go to Missouri. And Missouri has really tailed off after losing those pitchers a couple weeks ago. When you look at us, we got Bama, then Ole Miss who's struggling, and then we have Auburn who is not playing very well. And so I think both of us are in very similar situations. We're in probably a little bit more dire situation when you look at how the schedule sets up over the next three weekends, you do have weekends that you you do
0: have a chance to possibly win. <laughs> do you, you have a chance to possibly win. <laughs> well, that might be the uh, most neutral phrased pessimism I've heard in a while. You have a chance you might possibly win.
1: Well, you know who does who does not do that, who's, like, hardcore. Like, you know, they give definitive answers and that's that barco equipment when it goes through a forest, right?
0: The no, Sany excavators would say I saw some of that equipment. Do they have the forestry show again this year? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it publicized. Now I'm telling you, some of that
1: equipment is like the stuff of nightmares. It is yeah, it's good stuff, man. Sany excavators and mini excavators as well if uh, if you're looking to get into the mulching business, I got I had a guy that and, uh, they, they came and did some mulching for me a couple of weeks ago. And he had a sandy See, when you say excavator.
0: mulching, though, I think of, like, getting some stuff thrown around my shrubs. That's not what you're talking about. No, no, no. What so What you're talking about is there's a there's a lot of stuff over there, and I want to turn it into sawdust.
1: So where I live, where we built in Nanawoya, right, it was timber that had never been touched, not a lick of it. And it's got some undergrowth, too. So, I mean, it was land that we used to hunt on and things of that nature. And so what I did is I got a guy with a skid steer, with a Denny Seamoff mulching head, to come in there and you just make some pass. I've got great walking trails. You know, the start with stride competition that's going on right now. I'm doing that in my my walking trails behind my house right now. It's like a state park back there, man. It's an oasis. I don't want anybody else moving to Dantawoia. They, they'll well, they'll, d- they'll th-
0: figure out the secret. I, I think you're safe there. Do you? Okay. I, I, think the, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen many real estate offices cropping up down around the Warrior One Stop. But there's always hope. But if you had a lot and you wanted to turn the trees to sawdust. Tracks Plus, go to TraxPlus.com.
1: They've got the heavy machinery, new or used equipment, based out of Hickory, Mississippi. Got an office between Starkville and Columbus down in Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria,
0: Louisiana, and now Bessemer, Alabama. This is our Thursday Trax Plus deep dig. All right, why don't we take a look at our pitching matchups because Alabama is going to be doing something different.
1: Well, the thing about uh, when I was looking at Garrett McMillan, who's going to be drawing his first start tonight, he pitched an inning and a third last week. He was going to be their opening day starter. He was their Friday guy last year. Last week, they brought him in in the Sunday game against Arkansas in the fifth inning. He went one and a third. Second battery face gave up a home run. He gave up a walk and a single in the second inning. Just went one and a third, gave up two runs in that game. And so they were just trying to bring him back. He had not pitched all season long. He was projected to be their opening day starter. He had a muscle strain, quote-unquote muscle strain, very vague. But he is drawing his first
0: start. It was a shoulder issue, right? Tonight, yes. Um, Yeah, and you don't know what to take from it, right? He started a lot last year. You just don't know where he is. He went in an inning and third against Arkansas, gave up a home run. That's what. That's what ultimately hurt him came in with a man on base, gives up a home run, leaves with a runner on third, his responsibility in the next inning, that runner ultimately scores. So an ERA of 13.5, but only a second game of the season. So I don't know. And it's going to be very similar to us. You know, Cade Smith's going to be drawing the start for us
1: tonight. And so Cade is back. He's one and one. Hasn't pitched a whole lot as well. So you've really got opening day starters tonight with a lot of questions.
0: So McMillan – was a guy that you would have profiled a bit as an inning eater coming in. 92-93 on the fastball. Really good changeup. Good curveball. He's a senior. He's a junior college guy. Went to Shelton State. So, McMillan, who was 4-5 and five last year, ERA over 4. Who knows what we'll see there. Go to the middle game, and you'll see another right-hander for Alabama, Luke Holman. Holman's ERA, under two and a half. He had 15 appearances last year out of the bullpen. Here's the thing that jumped out at me about him. Um, by the way, strong arm, 95, really big sweeping curveball. He's only allowed one home run in 22 and a third innings. But he's been hit a little bit in SEC play. He has. He's only walked you know one every
1: three innings. So in 30 innings pitch, 29 and a third, he's walked 10 guys, 40 strikeouts, so the strikeouts are more than one an inning, but only 17 hits in 29 and a third. And, you know, he was one of those guys that kind of built up some big time stats, like you said, in non conference play. Then he jumped in the league play. And so seven runs in eight
0: and a third innings. Yeah.
1: So that's in league play. That's being hit a little bit. Gerangelo, I think it's so big for Gerangelo to get off to a decent start. That's been the one knock about Gerangelo. If there's been a negative, and then you look at the positive. All right. the The negative for Gerangelo is the slow starts and trying to, you know, work his way in and get a little bit of rhythm. The positive about him is this: as a freshman, he hasn't imploded at all. He comes right back in the second, third inning and really has pitched well after the first inning. The last few
0: starts. Well, let's say the what, the good news is he's able to bounce back from slow starts. The bad news is he's had to. He's had slow starts. That's the bad thing. Um, all right. So then we go to the next game. The Saturday game, game three, Grayson hit. You see a left-hander. Here's what jumped out at me about him. Every year his numbers get better. Every year the batting average against goes down. The home runs allow goes down. The ERA goes down. Strikeouts go up. This is a guy who has developed. He's gone 15 and two-thirds in league play. He's got a mid-90s fastball. He's got a slider that looks a little more like a cutter. Then he has the traditional curveball, and by that I mean a twelve-six. He has a changeup. The thing about hit, he he's going to throw a lot of different pitches at you. Yeah, and that kind of worries you a little bit. Wind
1: blowing out, and that's your left-handed hitters. And you know we have been susceptible to the breaking ball from that left side. Landon Gartman, two and two, a seven point five three ERA that day. You know, right out of hit on inning, thirty-four hits and thirty-four and two thirds. Thirty nine strikeouts, fifteen walks. Gartman kind of you know, that game against Vanderbilt really blew his ERA up a little bit when he you went a little bit longer than you'd like. We and tried so,
0: to run him a fourth time through the order.
1: And so what does this mean? When you get Cade Smith back, Gerangelo, and then Landon Gartman, you send Dome back to the bullpen. And so when do you see Dome?
0: When do you see Lofton? So you do have some question marks with some guys that you might see. And I guess it depends on situational. Early in the year, you would talk about guys who you match where I think you use dome the first time you think you're going to get a win. I do too. If it's 2-1 to one tonight in the fifth
1: inning, yeah, you're going to. it. Now let me ask you this question, Charlie. You mentioned hit. To me, pitchers are very similar to basketball shooters. When you look at their stats, you want to see a guy his freshman year to his sophomore year, gets better at the free throw line. Then his junior year, he gets better at the free throw line. Then his senior year, he gets better at the free throw line. And that's what hit has done. Same way of the pitcher. His ERA
0: continues to go down. His hits continue to go down. That's a guy that's really done a good job developing. No, that's the thing that jumps out at me about him is he's just a guy who's, guy who's gotten better. He strands more runners. I mean, like, everything you look at for him – is getting better. The only thing is walks are up just marginally over last year. But he is – I think you're going to see a, a real live pitcher. And, if look, hey, if you had to avoid somebody, we talk about the chance of a, a series being shortened due to rain. If you had to avoid somebody, hits the guy I want to miss. No pun intended.
1: <laughs> and that's a look at our pitching matchups brought to you by Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, at Country Meat Packers, they have so many different varieties now. It's all great stuff. You can get it at your local grocer. They serve it in great restaurants around the country, especially down in New Orleans. And so Country Please and Sausage, they're catering now at Country Meat Packers. They can feed from 15 to 500. And so go by the butcher shop down there. They're continuing to, to build that out and get it bigger and just a great Mississippi product. At Country Pleasing. I guess it's time now for our two brothers, two guys that can smoke you.
0: Hey, did you know, by the way, I, I don't think I ever called on that they had jalapeno and pineapple. Yes, they do. Yeah, we got I mean, we got all kinds. A little bit of
1: sweet stuff. heat there. A little sweet heat.
0: I'm still a fan of the three cheese and the jalapeno cheddar, but that's just me. Well, it is time then for our two brothers, two guys who can kill you. You know who jumps out at me, Bart? Who you got? I have the 38-year-old. Transfer from Harvard, Tommy Seidel. It's been there forever, man. Um, so he transfers from Harvard. He goes there. Here's what he's leading the team in hitting. He's hitting four thirteen, and they're going to bat him in the nine hole most likely. He has spent most of the SEC batting ninth in the order. Was it they always say the number nine hitter is just your second leadoff guy? Um, so many times we think, well, you face the bottom of the order. What's well, different with Alabama? It really is. So you're going with Seidel your player can smoke you? He is my guy who
1: can smoke us from the bottom of the order. Well, the guy I'm going to go with is uh, Colby Shelton. The thing about Shelton is 17 of his 30 hits have been extra base hits. He's hit 12 home runs. And what have we been susceptible to, Charlie? The home run ball. He's a guy that can get lift. He struck out 28 times, which is tied on the – top of the team, so he is a swing-and-miss type of guy. But a slugging percentage of 740, 12 home runs, that's the guy you worry about, is maybe walking some guys before you get to Shelton. You can ill afford the three-run home run.
0: Now, this is a team that doesn't walk a ton. I mean, they're up there swinging for the most part. So, let's hope we don't walk them, and let's hope we don't hit them. Well, and let's take a look at the uh, the non-offensive,
1: the non-defensive, and the non-pitching. You've got Brad Bohannon, and you've seen what we've seen the first three weeks. Alabama, also a team, they like to yap a lot, and so does how does that affect you? Because we have not we have not responded well to yappers in the first three weeks.
0: <laughs> Who have we responded? Well, never mind. I'll leave that aside. Um, no. I I'm ready to see us just respond at all the yappers. And you know, let's buzz the tower a little bit. See what happens. Got no problem with that. And
1: that um, those two guys can smoke you. Brought to you by our friends at uh, Two Brothers Smoke meets right here on University Drive in Startwell. Two brothers. They've got the patio on the first floor. They've got the balcony upstairs. That place will be hopping next weekend, Super Bowl all weekend. It's a great place for lunch. It's a great place for dinner as well. you got smoked wings. You've got the... Tacos, you've got the man, just everything on the menu is great. The cheese fries, barbecue cheese fries, they put pork on the cheese fries. It's good stuff. And let me tell you, it turns into a great bar in the night scene later in the night. I wouldn't know anything about that because I go to bed about nine o'clock. I've got to that stage in my life, Charlie. And so, our two but brothers that's
0: what you hear around the office.
1: That's what you hear around the office. That's exactly right. Our two guys that can smoke you, brought to you by. Two brothers, smoked meats. All right, let's take a quick look around the
0: SEC and what you're looking at this weekend. Marquee matchup, when you say LSU at South Carolina? I think you do, and I'm going to be very interested to see
1: how South Carolina plays against LSU this weekend. I thought South Carolina was okay. Didn't think they were just great, but I thought they were okay. So you've got uh, South Carolina hosting LSU. You've only got one series. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. And that's Kentucky at Georgia. So Kentucky and Georgia, that's the only game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Vanderbilt's at Missouri. That should be a yawner. Arkansas is at Ole Miss this weekend. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Texas A&M is at Auburn. And Florida is at Tennessee. Very likable coaches right there. Facing head-to-head Kevin
0: O'Sullivan. (laughs) Very likable guys. Yeah. I mean, just you Tony know, Vitello, salt of the earth, and so that is another. That will, you know, I'd put that one A, probably so. Florida. And I think the big story there is is Flor- When's Florida going to show up and be Florida? Is this the weekend they do it?
1: So let me ask you this question: what,
0: regress to the mean.
1: What is Florida to you? Florida being Florida to me, Florida being Florida is like tailing off at the end when they have the best talent.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It is a team that you expect more out right of than you actually see.
1: Yes. All right. So in the SEC right now, Vanderbilt on the eastern side. This is the Eastern Division. Vandy's nine and zero. Kentucky, South Carolina, eight and one. Florida, seven and two. Tennessee is four and five. Missouri, three and six. And Georgia is one and eight. Over here in the western side, LSU and Arkansas both six and three. Bama and Auburn are three and six, as well as Texas A and M. Aggies are three and six. And us and the Ole Miss Rebels are 1-8 and eight in league play. And so, we got to – hey, we're only five games out of first place, Charlie. We're only five games out. We got a chance to make a move this weekend. Mm-hmm. LSU is on the road at a tough place. We just need LSU to – We yeah. need
0: South Carolina to take care of business. Is that what you're telling That's
1: me? what we need. We need South Carolina to take care of business, and
0: we can be right back in the race in the s c c West. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right, so this weekend we got Easter on Sunday. So when will we get together? We you said last weekend, rightly, that we should have gotten together on Saturday before the Saturday game. Before the Saturday game, because we'd have been a lot happier. What do you think? Here we're just going maybe a game time decision. We'll figure out if we're going to be happy on Saturday. Yeah, I
1: think so. Um, we do need to do a Saturday deep dig this week. Not or Sunday, Saturday coffee. You know what I mean. Just go with it. Okay, I'll play along. Okay. Saturday coffee this week. You said last week that when Saturday rolled around that we were going to be talking about winning two out of three.
0: No, on Sunday I thought we – well, we should have been. Should have been because, Bart, I'm an optimist. Actually, I don't even think that was optimistic. South Carolina's not very good. They're so, okay. So, this weekend, what is your pronostication? Rain. Rain. It we're was pain be- last weekend. It's rain this weekend. So, possible doubleheader is what you're saying. I'd like a doubleheader. If we got a doubleheader on Saturday, I'd probably get in the car and head on over and check that out. Yeah. uh,
1: 5 o'clock today, 6 o'clock tomorrow, and then on Sunday, game three, excuse me, Saturday, the game three finale with Mississippi State and the Alabama Crimson Tide is slated for 5 o'clock. But, check. On ESPNU. Local list. So, there's the question. ESPNU, you've got a national broadcast. It's easy to move around the SEC Plus games. And so, if you play a double header, and you got a 5 o'clock scheduled time in a window on a national network, that
0: may change things a little bit. Well, the, the chances of rain go down Saturday night. Do they? Yeah, so 60%. So, here's Here's what we know. This will change a dozen times in the next couple of hours. But Tuscaloosa weather tonight, chance of rain 60%. Friday night, chance of rain 90%. Rainfall around half an inch, locally locally heavy rainfall possible. Saturday, chance of rain 90% during the day. But the chance is going down Saturday evening. Hmm. How about a Saturday night doubleheader?
1: Saturday night doubleheader. Because if it is getaway day, you can't go to, to Sunday and play, but you don't have any kind of curfew on
0: Saturday. So you could play. We'll be at the Joe all night long. The all night Joe. It's fine with me. All right. Well, you and I will get back together when we do not yet know. But check local listings. Yes. Yes. All right, that's been our Tracks Plus deep dig. Thanks to our friends at Country Pleasing Two Brothers. Thanks to our friends at Bank First, by the way, Moat Griffin and all those guys, and uh, thanks for our friends at Farm Bureau and the guys at Tracks Plus who have helped Bart find a way to walk around his Eden, his oasis in Nanaoia. See you this weekend.